On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we've got some NFL. The trade deadline has come and gone. NBA with a whole lot of news, a special HBCU football edition of Big Deal No Thing, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, you can email us, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also check us out on the Facebook page, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Man. Boy, who tell the uh, sports guys to just go ahead on and dump everything all on us at one time, man? But but to help me make some sense of it all, welcome in my main man of yours, DJ High Star, rocking with your boy. What's good, Dougie? Here. How you been, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. You stay out in trouble, man? Everything good, man? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Had a pretty good time at the Hornets game last night. Hey, shout out to the Hornets with their expensive beer. And uh, and dry, cold, expensive pizzas. Shout out to them boys. But uh, nonetheless, man, how was your weekend, bro? What did you get into, man? Like I don't know, like I didn't see you, but go Chilling, ahead. Right down there, <laughs> Benedict um, at Benedict uh, College's homecoming. So that was that was cool to go to. Anytime that you're in South Carolina, or even you know some parts of North Carolina, like your John C. Smiths or Winthrop's, when you go to their homecomings, you see a lot of familiar faces from the good old days of road tripping and stuff like that as a cue. So it's cool. It's cool to catch up with some of the distant fam, extended family. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but the, the game itself was dope. The atmosphere was live, man. We do want to pivot for a quick second uh, and, and say uh, our condolences out to the family of Sink, one of our fraternity brothers who uh, lost his life in an accident outside of williams Bryce Stadium. He uh, was an alum of Benedict's College living out there in the Florence area, uh, was hit by a vehicle uh, and trying to cross over there on, um, what was the name of the street? Uh, Bluff Road. Road. Yeah, and so uh, condolences to him and his family, man, and the dog will definitely be missed, man. But um, nonetheless, we, we, we keep living for those who aren't here and, and for those of us who are, man. So um, this past week, there was also a lot of good NFL football, man. I know there's no good way to segue into it, bro, but what you say, let's talk about some of these NFL scores, man. Let's get it. Week eight in the NFL kicked off deja vu with the Baltimore Ravens taking care of business against the Buccaneers 27-22. The Jaguars fell to the Broncos over in London 21-17. The the Dolphins taking care of the Lions 31-27. The Carolina Panthers played a football game apparently. Not going to go much more into that. Losing to the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in just a moment, 37-34. Vikings over the Cards, 34-26. Bears falling to the Cowboys, 49-29. The Saints blank the Raiders, 24-0. Eagles over the Steelers, 35-13. 
in New Jersey, the Jets fall to the Patriots 22-17, Titans over the Texans 17-10. The Seahawks take care of business against the Giants 27-13, the Commanders hold off the Colts 17-16. The Christian McCaffrey-led 49ers over the Los Angeles Rams 31-14, the Bills throbbing Aaron Rodgers in his worst t- statistical season thir- excuse me, 27-17. Not going to name no names, but somebody on this program predicted that. The Browns in the shocker, stunningly taking care of the Bengals 32-13 to in Monday Night Football. Now, bro, with all of those exciting games, man, which one kind of stands out to you the most? Well, definitely the London game. Uh, I just had a feeling when we were picking it last week that Denver was going to do something. Uh, felt funny with picking um Indianapolis in that Washington game as well, but you know, so is life, and this is how <laughs> things go. Uh, but um, one of the bigger games outside of the Carolina blunder was that stood out to me rather. Um, was two games: is the Bucks game and the Packers game. So with both of the, with that being said, I ask you, who's got, who's had and is having the more disappointing season, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? So, although I'm leaning towards one way, I want to, I'm just going to go ahead and push myself all the way over there. I'm going to say it's Tom Brady. Um, he got a lot going on. A man got all this stuff with the household. I mean, he's still got these players coming in and out. So, he, he just got a lot going on. And, and it's kind of expected that he would have some hiccups simply because there is all of that outside noise. Other than yours truly telling or kind of putting it out there early in a hot season, preseason hot take, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have the players. He still has players, but not the players that he had. And so his is a bit more surprising, even though, you know, well, surprising for others based on, uh, you know, the prediction that I made. (laughs) So I'm going to lean with uh, Tom Brady as being the one having the worst season. Okay. Which way you going? Yeah, surprising is a good adjective. However, it's not the adjective I was looking for. (laughs) We're talking disappointing. I'll I'll go ahead and go the other way. I'll say Aaron Rodgers. um, I I hear what you're saying with regards to Tom Brady's personnel and uh, him having a lot going on. It definitely seems like he has one big thing going on as far as everything with his household. And Mm -hmm. and then the remnants of that is felt or the, you know, it's, it's residual as far as spilling over, you know, how, um, your dad might have a bad day at work. You get hands put on you whenever you get home. Or it's twenty twenty. <laughs> you get yelled at whenever you get, whenever you get home. Or it's every little thing that's wrong because everything else was wrong. Off. That's how Tom Brady looks at his offensive line. As soon as they let a sack go, he's yelling at more than them. He's yelling at Giselle and the kids. Hold your block. I could have had my wife at home, but I'm out here with y'all. Exactly. Like, you know, um, <laughs> where's my dinner type of like. Right. Know. So I, uh, I and then on the flip side of it with Aaron Rodgers, you know, you said it as well. He, you know, he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have but anybody. He, but he's uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, though, bro. That's fine. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. As, as Stephen A would say, he's a bad side. man. If you're a bad man, be bad, bro. Nah, you still need bad folks around you but Aaron Jones is there um but just as far as skilled players he's had a younger Randall Cobb in the past of course he's had Greg Jennings veteran leadership he's had 
um, Devontae Adams, of course, a once in a lifetime talent. Now you you got Lazard and Tanyan um, that you're trying to you know you're trying to um, accelerate their skill level um, week by week, <laughs> <laughs> help them grow. Now let me ask you this: yeah. Now, when Tom Brady left New England and had that instant success, and it took uh, and it took Coach Belichick a little while longer to kind of start looking like the old coach Belichick of old. A lot of folks said, oh, Tom Brady made Belichick, da, da, da. We're seeing now that they probably helped one another. Now, apart, it seems like neither of them are having a good year at all. The Raiders having just gotten blanked this past week with uh, <laughs> with <laughs> the Green Bay losing to the Jets and then again this week to the Bills. This was a little bit more understandable because you're in Buffalo. They're very much the prohibitive AFC favorite which do you think is more true? Aaron Rodgers needs his receiver or the receiver needs Aaron Rodgers? Um, Aaron Rodgers needing his receiver at this point. I, I definitely see where you're coming from and stuff like that. But, yeah, these, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to game plan around the Devontae Adams every single week. He's going to get these type of game plans every week where – Defenses are looking to shut him down and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I just, I, yeah, I feel like Aaron Rodgers need needs Devontae a little bit more. Yeah, one of the games that kind of stood out to me um, was definitely that Forty ers games. I, I picked at it during the uh, score read, but Christian McCaffrey is a monster, and he. <laughs> I saw a post on uh, Facebook that one of the Forty ers fans put up that said. F them picks. <laughs> and it had a picture in the background of their GM. And honestly, if it gets them a Super Bowl, I'm sure that they're going to be all right with it. Now, we, when we end up drafting a Hall of Fame player or somebody who's going to be legendary out of that position, then they may feel a little bit differently. But Christian McCaffrey right now is worth every penny that they paid, and they probably would have paid another one and said, hey, you know what? Here's another fifth-round pick just as a tip. We appreciate this. First man since 19 – no, excuse me, 2005 to throw for a score – catch for a score, and run for a score in their 31-14 beatdown of the Rams, who themselves look, and although they're only one game back of San Fran, they just look like a shell of themselves from what they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. But Christian, man, it, it, it bothers me to see him in that red and gold, but he, he he's doing Christian McCaffrey things, man. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Christian out there in, uh, in San Fran? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Um, frankly, every week, in Carolina or in Charlotte, um, he knew, you know, similar to the Devontae Adams situation, he knew that the game plan would be catered um, around him and, mm-hmm. and made for him pretty much. And even with everybody keying in on him, he was still getting numbers out here um, in in Charlotte. So getting him out there to the Bay where you have a Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle, you got um, – uh, Devo Samuel, it just opens up everything for him, as we saw. Um, you know, him pulling out the full Swiss Army knife, that's just icing on the cake. Like, look what I can do. But um, the receiving stuff and the rushing stuff, I definitely was expecting that, um, if not more. And as far as games, if you got him on your fantasy team, you're good, you know, uh, pretty much golden if he stays healthy for the rest of the season because he's going to get touches 
and he's going to do something with him. Here's the scary part of what they got going on out there. Debo Samuel is not healthy right now. And so when the two of them get on that field together, it's going to be problems, problems. Christian McCaffrey is as advertised, and I'm definitely excited to see what he's able to do um, in, in that uniform. It's the first time that I may actually, I don't want to say support, but at least kind of check out what a former Panther doing uh, once they leave. Now, talking about former Panthers, there are several of them up there in Buffalo. Anybody beating Buffalo coming out of the AFC, man? Um, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be rivals with KC for a, a few years uh, okay. to come. So that's always a chance. The Chargers may be like a year away, or um, they're a year and two offensive linemen eight, away. Right, about eight game weeks away from kind of competing with Buffalo, but Buffalo is just a well oiled machine right now. Dawson Knox is really playing well too, mm-hmm. along with, of course, Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. But um, yeah, they're just they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Yeah, talking about clicking on all cylinders, that takes me to another former Panther, Mr. Taylor Heineke, who got his start for the Washington Commanders this week and was able to hold off, help some of that lucky horseshoe magic run off the Colts, although they had themselves a starting a new starting quarterback as well. The commanders look good under him, man. He's he's scrappy, he's he's gritty, and and he's playing some good ball, man. Did you get a chance to check any of the uh, commanders game out? No. <laughs> I we checked the archives. I have always been a fan. Celebrated and uh, uh. picked up his comp- how how much of a competitor he is. Um. Yeah. I, I, you know. And it, uh, what was their who's their defensive player's name with the blonde hair? Oh, um. Oh, Chase, Chase Young, Chase Young, Chase Young. Yeah, I just was really going off of his his words and stuff like that after Heineke's first couple of games and came on the show and, and said what I said. And, you know, uh, I, that's cool. It messed up my pick this week, but you were um, absolutely right when you picked them. You said the what the flying Heineke's or the or fighting Heineke's. Taylor Heineke's. Yeah, right. Pretty much. So, yeah, shout out to him, though. Grit makes a difference. Um, and I, I wanted to pivot and, and talk a little bit about the Bengals game, but um, l- the moral of that story, they need offensive line. They cannot continue to allow Joe Burrow to get beat up. And if they want to just keep beating him up, listen, trade him to us. We'll send you uh, two. We'll send you two quarterbacks, two first-round quarterbacks that y'all can have and get them boy beat up. And let us protect Joe and keep him upright and throw, sling that ball up and down the field, man. If y'all don't want him, we, we, we know what to do with him. But the grit, the determination, the the wherewithal, the gall, the, the cajones were all on display in Atlanta this week when the Carolina Panthers took on the Falcons. Um. For those who may have missed it, first of all, what rock have you been under? But it was one of the best games in the season, if I'm being transparent and being honest. They started off the game kind of rough and a little bit rocky with a halftime score of 10-14. Third quarter, not a whole bunch, but then in the fourth quarter, man, it lit up. And the two teams traded back and forth for five different scores, with the Panthers scoring 21 points in the final quarter and the Falcons scoring just 13. And... It came down to a, a last-second Hail Mary. We'll just fast-forward to that play where Mr. 
<laughs> Mr. DJ Moore himself, the, the Terp, he's a turtle, um, caught this amazing pass from P.J. Walker, who who played out of his mind in the fourth quarter. He looked like the P.J. from the from the XFL, if I'm going to be transparent. Beautifully thrown, Hail Mary, that DJ himself, when he was running under it, I think he misjudged it, but because the, the, the defenders were running along with him, and when he realized, oh, man, I'm under this, he accelerated just enough to get that separation that allowed then him the opportunity to catch it in the end zone. And in true young boy fashion, he got excited, takes his helmet off as he had stepped out of bounds, out of the back of the end zone. That's important. Threw his helmet down, was flagged for the for excessive celebration, excessive, excessive celebration, which then caused the field goal to be a 47-yard field goal, which the kicker then missed. We lose in overtime after he missed another kick, and the Falcons come back and kick the field goal to win. Hi, Star. I've got the question for you, the question of the day that many have been debating on Facebook, on social media, Twitter, just everywhere. Whose fault is it that the Carolina Panthers lost the Atlanta Falcons game? I'm going to answer that, but I've got a question for you. Did you say um, – as young players would do? Yeah, that's a young boy thing to do. So you classifying DJ Moore as a young boy? You're like 25. You're young. You're kids. You churn. I'm I'm 40. Pick on me. I'm a man. I'm 40. DJ Moore, <laughs> DJ Moore is 25. Let's go. Listen, I can I get. I was about to say, because Steve Smith, when Steve Smith was making fun of him on his fantasy, with the fantasy uh, thing. Steve Smith had already now. retired at that point, though. No, I, I I understand. I definitely I remember. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm putting a timestamp on that. I don't. It seems like he. I don't know. I don't know if I classify DJ Moore as such a young guy. Well, and when I say young guy, up. he's he's of the generation now. He's uh he's he's he he come from the new school. He's a, he's a different dude. Like that's that's just kind of. But buddy, name is Dennister Deniston Oliver. Yo, yeah, now I'm going by DJ too. Uh, 97. How old that make him? 25. Okay. Well, look. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say both uh, both have accountability with with the loss. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not absolving. So I will first and foremost acknowledge if you're a kicker, that's your job. And if especially if you've been lauded um by big cliff on carolina sports talk wherever you get your uh podcast for free 99 shout out to dj blaze or tell your smart speaker to play carolina sports talk play and this guy carolina is saying that oh the one the one uh silver lining in our whole team is the special teams punting game and our kicking game i don't remember saying chain. kicking i remember saying punting you, but you definitely said panero pinero i don't know what his name is but yeah that Eddie guy, pinero. Pinero, that's exactly what you said and you said yeah i mean there you know i mean yeah and okay so bro you i, I need I, yeah we're gonna rock. have to cut, cut back to the tape on that because i absolutely remember talking about hecker who is a pro bowl Punter together the kicking our mm. kicking game yeah you okay I hear you but nevertheless like I said <laughs> somehow it's my fault it's my fault that the Panthers lost I don't know. I don't know. 
But go ahead. So get to get to it, Edgy Murphy. Whose fault is it? Both of them have some obligations, but whose fault is it? Look, you're not even letting me finish. Listen to you. You're excited, man. You tell me. Cause I'm finna roast both of them and you. Go ahead. So anywho, Kicker does have accountability with that. Um, as far with regards to um just regards to the overtime um game winning potential game winning kick or whatnot um but as you uh throw frivolously throw bail money dj moore's way this is what young guys do and this and that i will not um Mm. i may throw a little bit towards pinheiro um because kickers are play kickers are players of routine um and they they definitely go by routine however again both players do have accountability in this situation with dj moore i do not absolve him of any accountability the play itself as you alluded to he was outside of the back of the end zone that's fine so tit for tat if we're going by the letter of the law and the actual rule itself Mm -hmm. we know what time it is as far as you know what it's meant for and stuff and it is meant for player safety and things like that but i believe that he did enter back into the field of play um after celebrating at the end zone by that time the flag may have been thrown already it was however however again in a kicker's mind extra point whatever it is 33 yards or whatever it is then to get moved to a 47 yarder and stuff like that that i'm not expecting Yes, it, it may throw off my routine and it may, you know, everybody doesn't have ice cold veins, in other words. So the the long answer of that is is both are responsible. I want to hold you to task as well to stop. This is two weeks in a row or about two out of three weeks, rather, because you gave me my props last week and kind of understood where I was coming from with the Robbie Anderson thing. However, we want to be a Super Bowl. Um championship quality team there's certain things that we cannot accept as panthers fans all right fixable mistakes mistakes is one of them all right um i don't know why you give everybody so much leeway (laughs) let me know when you're done bro i'm done first off (laughs) what until the rebuttal there we go no here's the thing i'm going to give you a acknowledgement your props in this instance both of them have fault there's no doubt in my mind that had dj well let me not say that there it is likely that had dj not done that we would have been in a better position kicker kicks the field goal or the extra point Less than we go home left. yeah yeah it's likely but at the same time of the two of those individuals, both who made mistakes, one who made two mistakes, and both of his mistakes were literally his one job. As a kicker, it is your job to kick. Everyone doesn't have ice water in their veins. Everyone is not an NFL kicker who has one job to kick the freaking football. Now, I understand the 47-yarder. It was what it was. Cool. You missed that. You have the opportunity for redemption. You go your little self on the sidelines and you kick as many practice field goals as you need to get whatever yips out of your mind and to align yourself to be ready to be there for your team and to do your job. I don't absolve DJ Moore. He had the responsibility to do his job 
and not get it. Now, granted, he was out of bounds when he took the helmet off. Like you said, for those who may not be aware, the rule states that a player may not remove their helmet and or any piece of padding while in the field of play. He was out of the field of play. He was out of bounds when he did it. So technically, in the first place, shouldn't have been a flag. Neither here nor there. They made the mistakes. Those happen. Let's look past that. When Eddie Pinheiro had the opportunity to kick that field goal in overtime to win the game, there was nothing, there was no one but him. That's why the fault has to lie with him because ultimately, even after having been set up in a bad situation, which is understandable, you had the opportunity in a much better situation in a chip shot to be able to get it done. Case in point, last week, last week, last season, during week six, I want to say, Cam Newton returns in Arizona. I'm back! After his scoring his first rushing touchdown as a returned member of the Carolina Panthers, he took his helmet off, yelled loudly into the into the uh, cameras. Everybody cheered, went nuts. I know that I was one of the ones that did, even though I didn't like the guy at the time. And it was like, yo, Cam did that. Unsportsmanlike penalty because he was in the end zone when he did it. They kicked a field goal afterwards, and we went on to win that game in convincing and stunning fashion. It has been proven what that looks like in other circumstances and situations. When the kicker does his job, it's a non-story. It's nothing. But in this instance, because Buddy, he kicked and had the hitch leg, pulling everything left, now it's a bigger deal. So it is absolutely Pinheiro's fault, and I'm surprised Buddy still got a job. Absolutely Pinheiro's fault. Again, it's both of their fault. Yeah, it's that too. You're asking, you're asking like my, you're acting. Like my last name is Pinheiro. All right. Relax. Okay. But secondly, you're driving Uber. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Customer gets in. Hey, I need to get to Charlotte. My girlfriend's coming to the car. She gets in the car. I need to get to Charlotte. Just get me to the Spectrum Arena. All right. Now you crossing Carowinds, and the guy in the backseat goes, her water just broke. Bro, I need you to go to so-and-so. Is your, your personal resolve not going to change in that situation? Are you still going to be the same calm cliff that you were, you were just expecting a day of just Uber driving tonight? Or are you, is, your, is your nerves going to, is, is it going to do something? Here's the in thing. Situation? Uh, come on, man. Come Here's the thing, Skip. And I gotta keep. I gotta keep it a buck, bro. And you know me at this point. I'm cool, cuz. Like when, boom. Oh, it's alert. All right, what do I need to do? I'm evaluating, and because I love pressure opportunities and moments for me to be, I get off on those, bro. And so I get. That's gonna be the opportunity for me to do. Listen, I know the cut. Let me bing, bang, boom. I got you guys. Don't worry about it. I'm taking care of you. I'm thinking of the forehead to. Hey, I'm not only. Putting my flashes on, I'm calling the, the the hospital on the way to say, listen, I've got some extra passengers. I'm just an Uber driver. I didn't anticipate it. How far apart are your contractions? I'm doing what I can to assist the situation with a cool and level head, bro, because that's just how I'm built. Poor, poor example. I should have said normal civilian <laughs> is an Uber driver. We didn't mean Superman Big Cliff. I, I forgot. I forgot. Listen. But, come but, on, bro. What I'm, what I'm getting to, though, is let's not treat Pinheiro like he's a, a human robot or like he's Vinatieri or like he has been doing this all his life. Relax. Justin Tucker's of the world or McManus. He's trying to make a name for himself. And just like um, I forgot the kicker that um, that Steve Smith didn't like 
uh, Zach or whoever we had like last year or a year before. Oh, Joey Sly. <laughs> yeah, Sly. Joey he Sly. did not like just Joey like Sly. Sly. Just like Sly, he may have to learn the hard way in this league how to get his rep back. You know what I'm saying? But um, here's the thing, and, and and this is going to be this might be a little bit deeper for some, for some other folks. Eddie Pinheiro is with the Carolina Panthers as a means of getting his swag back. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears and cut for not being able to handle the, the pressure moments and missing kicks in that instance. Well, and so he had so redeemed himself. No, which is even more reason why I'm saying it's his fault. It's who he is. He's not that guy. It's his job as a kicker to be something that he clearly doesn't have the opportunity to be. If I went someplace and they say, listen, we need someone to be quiet, dainty, and to do their best to not raise their voice. I could fake it for 13 whole minutes and I could probably do a really good job at that. But at my nature, it's not who I am in his nature. It's not him to be clutch. He doesn't have it in himself to be, have the wherewithal to be an NFL kicker and to have the ice water veins that's necessary. Young way Q young ho shout out to my dog. You saw him. And when they needed him to step up and clutch kick that, what did he do? Boom. And he was unfazed. He's younger than Pinheiro. Young Ho Q's only uh, in his second year in the league, and he's out here doing it. Why? Why? Why he can't? There's no reason for that. There's no excuse for that. It's, How do you sound right now, bro? Come either on. do it or don't. It's your job, bro. Exactly. It's literally you your one what? job. One thing about it: the Panthers do not have a lot of options at get, getting some of this talent in and on the roster. We saw it with quarterback, and we see it with kicker now. I want, really, really am going to dig and search because I want us to play it back next week or even if we get in the edit for this Please week, do. Please won't. do. But you bigging up Panero. You definitely – listen, I'm not saying that you was calling him the next best thing, but you were saying that that is um, a highlight in all of the – That was the puncher that I was talking about that we signed off no, the no, Super Bowl the winning team. No, game. I understand. I, you did say the punter, but you said Pinero as well. That's all I'm saying, brother. You said the kicking game. You said the kicking game, and you included him by name. Even if I did, it was as an afterthought of, and even he's doing his job. But I don't even think that that's the case. So you know what, Carolina Sports Talk fans, we're going to pull it, and we're going to get it to you, you know what I'm saying, at some point. Right. And I know that we're kind of spinning the block on this topic, but I just, again, wanted to hold you to task because I know your expectations for this team. In the last two weeks. Go ahead. Because I'm, I'm getting ready to touch on this too. Two weeks, or your, or even not even your expectations for the teams, but I know the quality of ex- excellence that you um, optimistically or ultimately expect okay. from a team that you're a fan of, and the behavior. Again, Robbie Anderson, I'm over it. Fine, it is what it is. We know, we saw, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. what happened. Even after that, again, your DJ Moore situation. As one of the team leaders, he's a team captain, correct? He is. You made an awesome, stupendous play. Great play. But even after when he realized the situation that we were in and that Pinheiro might miss the kick and stuff like that, He's smirking on the sideline. You know why, though? It's like a little nervous smirk. I I love it. I love it. Nervous (laughs) smirk. It was a nervous smirk. You didn't know how what else to do with his face. It's like Will Ferrell didn't know what to do with his hands. He didn't know what to do with I don't his know face. What to do my yeah. hands. And the camera kept panning <laughs> to him. Why? Not because he's absolved of any kind of responsibility or accountability with that. 
here's the thing. First of all, thank you, DJ Moore. Thank you for that amazing catch and showing your athleticism, your talent, and doing your job. Thank you for showing emotion and taking your hel- your helmet off. Although it was no, a mistake. Thank you. Thank you. And I am grateful for it. Because I'm not. If, if, if we are to be uh, believing what DJ Highstar says, and it is your fault, ultimately, that we lost this game, thank you. Because the Carolina Panthers have no business being in first place in the NFC South. We are yeah, not see, a team that, listen, 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 let's get to it. Let's get to the crux of the matter here, all right? Crux media out here in this building. If we had sat at first place at any point in this season, there would be some fans that say, yo, Steve Wilkes is the guy. Yo, all we needed was a quarterback. We are so far from anything that resembles a good quality Super Bowl winning team that any semblance of winning is going to get some people confused and have them thinking that we need to keep doing anything that we're doing now. The only thing that we need to keep doing this season that we should do next season is wearing the blue uniforms, wearing the black, maybe bringing in a black helmet. Other than that, nothing else needs to be the same, bro. We need new offensive coordinators. We need new defensive coordinators. We need a new coaching staff. I'd love to see the owner sit back and not do what he's doing and let Scott Fitterer and the rest of them run the show. But as if we had won that game and had a chance or given anybody the hope that we were good, they'd have got it all confused and misconstrued, and it would have been a problem. So, Mr. DJ Moore, thank you. Thank you for showing that we can do it, but also reminding them, yeah, no, we don't need to now. Let's go ahead and lose all the rest of the games this year. How do you sound? Every one of them. I don't, now, here's the difference that I don't. I don't like this whole competitive, will they, won't they, like being up close to winning and then losing it to quick. Bro, get blown out, bro. Sit all the rest of them boys. Put them on the bit. Like, yo, have our practice team come and play the games. Go get the number one pick, and let's come back next year when we can actually do something for real. Not all this false hope and fake possibilities and yeah i bumped that i don't want to make the playoffs i don't want to see them get oh so close and then fail at the end nah fail from the beginning bro i don't want none of this so nah screwed it bump them no finney you sound ridiculous (laughs) you sound ridiculous bro i'm listen in the perfect madden-esque world where everything is avatared out and this is a whole digital simulation great but people got families they got to feed. People got real competitive nature in them that since they've been small kids, mm-hmm. nobody is looking to tank nothing, dog. Come on, man. They're not. And I get that. Horrible, and that sucks. Bro. But that's why. And that I, sucks. It doesn't suck. That it absolutely. Bro. To tank. So I'm going to ask you the question that I asked one of my one of my good friends. Shout out my boy Taylor Pollock, man. I asked Taylor Sunday, I said, would you rather see the Panthers make the playoffs this year and miss out on a quarterback that could potentially win them a Super Bowl in three years? And what did he answer? I'm asking you now the question. Would you would you rather see us win, go and make it to the playoffs this year and miss that quarterback or completely miss, like, just be awful the rest of the year, get that quarterback, and in three years hanging up a Super Bowl pennant? Which would you rather see? I'd rather see us competing to win each week. You know why? One of the things, I don't know if you even recall, but when we first got rid of, um, uh, what's the coach name? Uh, Rule. Sorry, man. Yes. Matt <laughs> He's been going 20 minutes. <laughs> um, what, I don't know if you recall, but do you remember what you said? 
as far as that the Panthers needed when we did get rid of Matt Rule? And what was that? A steadying hand. We needed to establish a culture. And a little bit exactly, that second part. You said establish a culture. More specifically, establish a winning culture. You don't do that by um, heavy, heavy momentum of losing and then trying to hope for a draft pick. There's no, there's no guarantee in any of that. And then even if a top prospective draft pick comes, a once-in-a-lifetime talent or whatever like that, great quarterback and stuff to lead the team, it's not a guarantee that that they'll be able to make a turnaround or whatever like that in two or three years. So I'm of the mindset, again, the hardworking mentality, blue helmet, um, excuse me, blue collar, rather. Um, get so I like there, that too, too blue helmet. I'm sorry? I said I like that too, okay. though, blue helmet. That, that, that kind of fits. Yeah, thank you. I know <laughs> I know you want it to be a segment, but blue, hey, uh, blue yo. collar, hard hat, go out there, thug it out, learn how to win, and then that becomes a part of your DNA rather than we've been losing for a year and a half straight. And then at the draft, we got this great guy. And all of a sudden, magic is supposed to happen. And we're going to just start winning because we got this great talent. No, ha- we're still going to do Carolina Panther things if you don't change the Carolina Panther culture. And that Carolina Panther culture starts with changing into getting hard fought, gritty wins. You are literally saying the same thing that I'm that. saying, though, bro. You're saying get used to getting blown out. No, get pause. Blown out no, for a long time, and then get a quarterback and have them turn it around right away in three years. Here's what I'm saying: We've been getting blown out. Pause. We have been losing. We have consistently been in a cycle of mediocrity. When with the players that we have, with the quality of because we got good players, as evidenced by. PJ, a former XFL quarterback going out there and almost handing the now the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons a loss and what he did last week, it shows that he is more than capable along with the talented staff around him. Now imagine if Christian McCaffrey was still there with PJ playing the way he was. A whole different scenario. But nonetheless, part of that culture is going to be Changing the mindset that if we just scrap it out and if we just hold on and tooth and nip, that don't work. We've been doing that. Before Cam Newton came along, that's consistently who we are. The furthest that we got with that mentality was with Jake DeLone making it to the Super Bowl and falling short to a program that was established by a great coach with a good quarterback and having some some semblance of what it takes to win. That's who beat us in our scrappy, keep-pounding mentality. Bro, I'm sick of losing, dog. I'm sick of being a fan of a team that is okay with mediocrity, with thinking that just because we show and fight and, and being scrappy and grit, that that's okay. No, I want to win. I'm ready to so see a Super Bowl in, in Charlotte. Okay. Say again? So be lower than mediocrity. If that means that you need to take a step back to be able to assess where you are, to fully establish a plan and move forward beyond where you are, then yes. But consistently doing the same thing over is literally the definition of insanity, bro. And to think that the Carolina Panthers are going to do anything other than keep being mediocre at 9-7 and seven and all, I'm sick of it, my dog. I am so done with them. Like, like if they don't change something, like, I know I've been saying it all season, and, like, I've, I've been on the airways yelling and... I'm dog. I'm really. You're doing it now. I'm really. <laughs> I'm literally at my wits' end with this franchise. That if things do not change, and soon, I'm done. 
Like, I'm done, done, bro. I'm over it, bro. What do y'all think, Carolina Sports Talk Nation? Go ahead and send us an email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Go ahead and uh, also be interactive on the Facebook uh, group, Stuck, Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back. Will Cliff ever, ever abandon the Carolina Panthers, or will he just continue to raise his blood pressure? <laughs> Because I'm not letting it bother me, bro. You no, but see, that's what I'm saying. And, I am and tenacity and passion. You need to relax, okay? Because my name is not Jerome Tepper. Okay? <laughs> Nor is it High Star Pranero or nothing like that. <laughs> You're talking to me like I have some kind of... Like it's of your fault. Like you was the one that on the... Yo, man, me? go miss the kick on the sidelines. Like... You feel me? Dog, this is what I'm saying. I... <laughs> I'm I'm not like a fan. For the fourth time, right? <laughs> no, dog. Listen, if they've been listening for the last couple of weeks, boy, that, that here's what I'm willing to do. If the Carolina Panthers win more than what is our record now? Two and five. If they win more than seven games, I'm not a Panthers fan next season. If they win more than seven games, it, matter of fact, if we make the playoffs, I'm burning every Panthers thing I got. Every headrest in the car, socks, hoodies, T-shirts, hats, T-shirts, T-shirts, the shoes, the custom Nike ID uh, Air Maxes that I got in the Carolina Black, all of it is going in a dumpster, and I'm burning it down, dog, if we make the playoffs, period. Because that will prohibit this franchise from doing what they need to. Now, if I do that and then they win a Super Bowl next year, guess what? Congratulations to y'all's team. Congratulations to y'all's team. But I'm not. I'm not celebrating. I'm not excited for them. I'm. I'm. I'm divorcing the Carolina Panthers if they do that, bro. Period. And that's point blank. And that's that's on on blood, fam. <laughs> As we move forward in this extra long show that we done been got way down a little rabbit hole. Just real quickly, real quickly. Yeah. Just real quickly. First of all, you about to start me back losing. up. I can feel it. Go ahead. I want, all, I want you to all witness this. A proponent <laughs> of losing. But is there nothing that we can do with the? five extra picks that we got from San Francisco? Is there nothing we can do as far as franchise building with those? Yes and no. Yes, I think those picks will end up being valuable. No, there's nothing miraculous to be done because those got you out of a hole that poor decisions have already done. We did not have a second, third, or fourth round pick draft picks next year because of trades for these garbage quarterbacks who are now sitting, eating cap space, watching P.J. Walker be a man on the field. And so those picks have now just gotten us back to square one. That's why I felt like they should have made some additional moves. And who knows? They still may. And or they will have to not miss when they make those picks moving forward. But, no, it's they can still be good, but they'll never be great as a result of them just getting us out of a hole. All right. Okay. Yeah. You got it, Big Cliff. Listen, it's like that, bro. Now, as we move forward <laughs> into a little bit of pick 'em, we're going to pick the games. We did uh, last week have some, despite the Panthers losing, still had a good record. Uh, what was your record last week, bro? 10 and 5. As did I go 10 and 5, and then our boy B Easy went 9 and 6. His overall record for the season now is 43 and 20, excuse me, 43 and 32. What's your season record? Uh, 68 and 55. Bro, no way you are only five games behind me. I'm at 110 games. Huh? I just won 10 games. As did I. I went 10 and 5 too. And I'm sitting at 73 and 47. But nonetheless, we'll take a look at it and I'm going to go carry your two and divide by five. 
Uh, but you said you are seventy three and forty seven. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, though. Nonetheless, week nine kicks off with the Eagles visiting the Texans on Thursday night football. Who you got? Eagles, Texans. Eagles. Yeah, all three of us going Eagles easy on that one. Starting off the Sunday slate of games, Sunday, November the 6th, the Colts travel up to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Mm, I like the Patriots in this one. All three locked and loaded Patriots. Next up, Packers going up to Detroit to take on the Lions. Packers at Lions, who you got? Good division matchup. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> this guy. I'm going to go ahead and they're going to be in Detroit. Mm-hmm. In Detroit. I don't know, man. I, I, can't, I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Jones is playing this year. It just doesn't seem real, but it, I guess when you take away the deep threat, then... Everybody can blow the box. Yeah, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm, I'm taking too long with this. I'm going to go with the Packers. Another three-peater. We uh Three-bagger. We got Packers, all three. Chargers and L- coming to L.A. Excuse me. Let's do that one over. Chargers coming to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Chargers and Falcons, who you got? Mm, I like that, too. Mariota, I got to give him a little bit of props, man. Mariota's been doing all right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chargers on this one because I hate every other team in the NFC South. Yeah. Um, I th- Be easy went Chargers too, and I hate to make it a four-peat, but I do like the Chargers in that one too. Let's go Chargers. Now, what's, su- what's surprisingly going to be a pretty good game, I believe, uh, the Bills taking on the New York Jets. Who you got in Bills versus Jets? Where are they going to be playing at? In New York. <laughs> at the Jets, excuse me, Jersey. I got Buffalo. Uh, even if you have Sauce Gardner locking up Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Dawson Dawson Knox, um, they still have problems out there. Now, something that we didn't get uh, deep into that we probably need to go back and take a look at the trades that happened this week. I think some realignment is going to definitely take place with the Bills, and I think that's enough this week to throw them off. I'm going Jets. Be easy also went Bills, so we'll see if that one kind of bounces back for us as well. So next up, Vikings at Commanders in Washington. Who you got, Vikings Commanders? I love the way that Minnesota's been playing, man. Um, they seem like a dark horse this year. People just forgot about them. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, with the Vikings. Okay. Be easy also went Vikings. I am gonna go Commanders. I'm riding with the. Uh, Fighting Taylor Heineke's, and I think at home uh, with a team that they, like you, you mentioned, they know well. I, I think they they're going to take care of business there. Next up, Panthers going down, up, over, around to Cincy. Panthers, Bengals. Who you got? And they'll be in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and go. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it, bro. I'll do it. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. On ah, I did it, y'all. <laughs> Be easy. So you and Be easy just cheating off each other's paper, apparently. Be easy also went bagels, but I am going Panthers. And here's why. If you watched Monday Night Football and saw what that squad had just no regard for their quarterback. Now, he didn't in the second half and fourth quarter make a little bit of noise and some garbage time, but... If they did that, imagine what Brian Burns is going to do to that offensive line. I think defensively he's going to be scrambling and 
they're angry. They got that taste of Atlanta in their mouth. They are going to handle business up in Cincinnati. Panthers over the Bengals in a close one. Raiders going down to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. <laughs> I'm going to go with Oakland on this one. Uh, so Oakland doesn't have a team, but if you're going with Las Vegas, uh, I think you're saying Raiders over Jags. Uh, be easy also still. Area. Be easy agrees taking the Raiders, but again, I'm going against you guys. Jaguars in this one for me simply because they've made some acquisitions that I think in the other way are going to spin them. And after getting shut out, the Raiders are going to come back angry, but um, I'm thinking I'm going Jags in that one. So next up, Dolphins at the Bears. Let's go with Miami. Uh, shout out to Mostert. Shout out to Ty- Tyreek Hill. And shout out to Jalen Waddle. Three guys that I have on three respective fantasy teams. And they all did their thing for me last, last Yeah, year. and they got Jeff Wilson now, too. But I am going Dolphins also as is be easy. So we're locked in there. Seahawks at the Cardinals. It's like, I feel like this game just happened, but no. Um, <laughs> they, it might have. The division folds, they, you know, twice a right. year. Right. I'm going to go ahead and go with Seattle on this one. As am I, and so is Be Easy, so we're locked in there. Rams at Buccaneers. <laughs> in the bounce back bowl, one of these quarterbacks got to win, or maybe they'll yeah. tie. <laughs> Rams at Bucks, who you got? I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bucks on this one, for whatever reason. Okay. So all of my logic is pointing for me to go with the Rams, but I'm going to just go against my weekly against logic pick. Okay, be easy. Went Rams. I, I'm 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 feeling everything you just said on this one because it seems like the Rams should win, but I'm gonna go, go Bucks with you. I want I want I'm I'm gonna go Bucks on that one. Titans at Chiefs in the Sunday night game in Kansas City. I go with Kansas City. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say, whoo, that was a hard one for me. Be easy said Chiefs. I am going to go Chiefs also, and only probably just because y'all did, and if I lose, I don't lose a game. Last up, Monday Night Football, the Ravens with their revamped uh, offense heading on down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. New Orleans uh, hosting Baltimore. Who you got? That would be a real good game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and, and go with Baltimore on that one, even though it's just going to be a great game. Yeah, this one's a pick em for me, and I could almost flip a coin. But for no other reason other than just because I went ahead against y'all and a bunch of these. Ravens, Saints, I must say Saints. Um, hosting, and I believe Alvin Kamara is going to go off. And don't be surprised if Cam Jordan has four sacks in that game. That's going to wrap it up for all of our sports. I mean, for all our sports, all of our NFL news. Now, did you want to talk a little bit about the trades and just kind of highlight some of those? Yeah, you can highlight some of them. All right, just to give you guys uh, the heads up, the trade deadline has come and gone in NFL. The Some of the highlighted players moving are the Lions deal, Pro Bowl tight end TJ Hawkinson to the rival Vikings in, in a draft swap, in a draft pick swap. The Bears acquire Chase Claypool, Claypool from the Steelers for a second rounder. The Dolphins acquire Bradley Chubb from the Broncos for a first round pick and Chase Edmonds. I didn't realize Chase was in that pick in that too. 49ers send veteran Jeff, Jeff Wallace, gosh, Lee, Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins for draft picks. 
The Falcons have dealt the suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars, which I think is going to be a big deal once he stops smoking weed and betting on games. Steelers deal for commander's disgruntled quarterback, William Jack. Slander. Say again? Allegedly. Allegedly, because that's slander. All right? He what? Was just, he was just he was gambling ah. on the games. Nobody said anything about the the drug use. That's what got him suspended while he was thought- gambling. He was suspended for weed. And while he was suspended, he gambled. He was gambling. And then they suspended right, him again. Right. He gets the double whammy. <laughs> he met a... Tell me how the weed's... Down there in Jacksonville. You say what? Tell me how the weed smokes down in Jacksonville, Calvin. Uh, well, you know, that'd have to be off air. But nonetheless, the Steelers have gotten cornerback William Jackson from the Commanders. And then the Bills, as I mentioned, adding in a little bit to their offense, getting the pass catcher Naheem Hines from the Colts. Uh, I said pass catcher, but he's a pass catching running back. Uh, of those trades, real quick, bro, which one kind of pops out to you the most? The Calvin Ridley and then the Naeem, Naeem Hines, right? Mm-hmm. And he left who, the Colts? He did. Right. Yeah, because he, he was that. a backup to Jonathan Taylor, who's not having a really great season at all. At all. Um, but Naeem Hines is coming off of an injury, but I think for – the Bills, he'll he'll be more than enough, and they they needed some depth at the running back position. I think he'll be a quality one. He's kind of a Christian McCaffrey Jr. Jr., and and so in a lot of ways he's a consolation prize for that Bills offense. I think for me he's definitely the the, the standout amongst them. Although T.J. Hawkinson to the Vikings is going to be a big deal as well. Uh, quietly, Indeed. he's one of the better court, uh, tight ends in yeah. in fantasy and in, in regular football, and he is incredibly quarterback friendly. The biggest L for me is Chase Claypool from the Steelers to the Bears. For why? Like, no, 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 seriously. For why? Dude came in with all his potential. The Tony trade to the Chiefs seems like way more sense than this, but maybe they know something we don't and got some kind of plan. You jinxing it and you're saying for why all of that stuff because – him and Fryermuth didn't do nothing for you fantasy wise and stuff. They're doing Fryermuth exactly, ain't doing nothing great, done. but quietly he's a top ten fantasy tight end. I just don't like him that he's like consistently like, hey, I've got you eleven points. Hey, I got you ten points. Hey, did I see? Did you see I got nine points? Hey, hey, whoa, 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 I got twelve points. It's like, yo, bro, do a Kelvy Kelsey and get me like forty real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he he's quietly and consistently consistently. A top ten, so shout out to him, man. But yeah, that Chase Claypool, he's a bum. He's a bum, and I and yeah. be easy. Try to tell me about it, and he was like, he's not gonna do nothing. Do 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 do. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he feels about him now that he's definitely out of the black and gold. But that is gonna do it for football. If you if there's something that we didn't talk about or that you would like to hear, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net, so that we can let you hear it. Moving on to the NBA, bro. Man, what's going on in the league? You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, we've got some scores to go over again uh, in a game. So I'm going to start off with Monday's scores in a game that you and I both attended. The Kings beat out the Hornets late 115 to 108. The 76ers over the Washington Wizards 118 to 111. The Nets beat the Pacers 116 to 109. The Raptors uh, top really they beat up on the Hawks 139 to 109. The Bucks beat the Pistons 110 to 108. 
the Jazz over the Grizzlies, 121 to 105. And the Clippers beat out the Rockets, 95 to 93. Uh, and then, so those are Monday night scores. Tonight, thus far, we have the Warriors on top of the Heat. Pause, 82 to 72. The Nets are currently beating the Bulls, 76 to 67. And then we've got halftime at the Magic and Thunder game where the Magic are beating the Thunder, 66 to 63. And just as an honorable mention, on Sunday evening, the, <laughs> um, the uh, Donovan Mitchell-led Cleveland Cavaliers beat up on my Knicks, um, 121 to 108. And the Los Angeles Lakers Woo-hoo! beat the Denver Nuggets. Queue up. We are the champions or whatnot, but they definitely <laughs> were pouring champagne all over Darvin Ham for getting his first win <laughs> and jumping up and down for joy Big in the locker country room. Sales. Um, I think even Pat Beverly might have broken down in the locker room after the game, like one more time, just just for you know what I'm saying. Like, no, let's <laughs> let's all get together as a team one more time. We're gonna break it out. All right, Lakers on three. But anyways, the Lakers get their first win of the season behind some great performances by AD, LeBron, and a great performance by Russ. Uh, just got to shout that out, 121 to 110 over the Nuggets. So those are the uh, games that kind of went down. You can start off on Sunday with the Lakers, with your Lakers, uh, with the Minneapolis's old Lakers. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> what is your takeaway from that game, bro? My takeaway is that although Jokic had 20, we need to lose every game the rest of this year. We don't need to lose every game. We just need to lose LeBron. Oh my gosh! In in Big Cliffs Sports World, y'all, there's a big fire sale going on right now. Come and get what you want. It's a big garage sale going on. He has this is the this is the best time for you to be a punching bag for everybody else that throws <laughs> shots at whatever team they want to. That's yours, really, right now. So listen, my Yanks done lost after having this historic season. Uh, I'm, here come the Panthers acting like they want to win. And listen, oh, I'm not even going to get back into them. The Panthers are who they are. The Lakers, bro, I have zero interest in watching them dudes, man. I'm uh, so again. Caldwell it's Pope. so bad, my fault to cut you off, but it's okay. so bad that I felt good for y'all as just Laker Nation, like, getting that monkey off your back and getting, I felt like, kind of like, all right, I'll see y'all, okay. Congratulations, you got one. One in five. <laughs> Bro, I, I am so unenthused. Like, even watching him, we played a good game. Um, as much as he did not like it, your boy looked good coming off the off the bench. Um it's a win and it was a weekend nuggets squad but we're being real if we're gonna be real so it's like yay we won okay lebron bro i I appreciate what you did you got us one cool story bro you don't want to go be like a magic you don't want to go back to cleveland maybe miami will take you back anybody listen anybody who want to give us a package for lebron lebanon james Come on, hit us up. Clifford Carolina Sports Talk.net. Let's see what we can work out to get them traded. Listen, you might let you might end up getting Bronny out the deal. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
he's he's writing a story with his career. So it's not going to any willy nilly team. He's the team that he would go to prospectively if he left would help to write his his legacy or his story and then the final chapter would likely be his farewell right his farewell years so i think he would be very particular about that um but yeah man. so we okay okay <laughs> along those lines where where you want to put if if that's the case where would be the best place away from los angeles for lebron james to finish out his career because I already know where I would put him, but I want to hear yours first. We're good in New York, bro. Nah! We're good in New York, LeBron. Just letting you know early. Because we know what that would mean. Getting Listen, team, LeBron James in in the up. Mecca? Come on now. We're already building something up. We're good over here. We, the, we um, thought we were too, and then here he come and demolished exactly. every plan and every, uh, yeah, man. The team. So I'm, I'm, I'm straight in New York. Cleveland, I wouldn't mind seeing. Miami, wouldn't mind seeing. Um. Yeah, I mean, like those two teams, I I don't foresee a Boston because that'll just be blasphemous as a sports fan and as a professional sports athlete to go from L.A. to Boston. So I don't foresee that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see I see Philly in the distance, mm-hmm. but I do see Miami and Cleveland. The um, only three reasonable spots I can see, like with with my eyes. New York. Cleveland or Miami. And I know as a Knicks fan, you don't want to see it. But, I mean, come on, think about the storylines for, for basketball. The same way that LeBron's going to Los Angeles. Now, if he's able to get to New York and bring y'all a chip, that might none be that some. Huh? No, I'm saying none of that phases me. I, no, <laughs> I, no, no. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want him to bring you a chip. If he came and brought a chip and brought Bronny. And Bronny was on the squad. Good. The only time that you can even guarantee something like that is in hypotheticals. So no, no, because no, of course, in a perfect world, if if Mike Conley could bring me a championship and we're talking about it, I'll be like, yeah, bring him on. Like, no, we're good. We're good, LeBron. Father time. Um, <laughs> from uh, Romeo Must Die. Um, I oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nah, dog. So anyway, long story less long. Cool story. We won a game. Give me, a, show me another one. Get a streak. Look like a contender. I am over these mortal victories, bro. Like my Carolina Panthers. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm over the moral victories, and so mediocrity doesn't impress me. You, you, you gritting one out or looking like, ooh, we got the hope. I'm not. I'm not buying into none of that anymore. Yeah, I've been Del around Roy DJ Lindo. High Star too long, bro. Delroy, not Delroy. And yeah, stay over there in Cali. <laughs> Hey. What about the Clippers? Maybe you Sacramento. You gonna see him going to the Clippers? No, though? no. Okay. Listen, okay. the hatred and the vitriol that he would receive for that. Like, if he thought it was a villain for going to Miami, bro, it's a wrap. If he went to to the Clips, like Agreed. that's dead. But of the other games that you mentioned, what else stood out to you other than my Lakers finally getting one and your your uh, Knickerbockers getting beat up on? I mean, the fact that we're three and three and you guys are one and five. But outside of that, uh, what else stood out to me? Looks look very good uh, with Giannis and stuff like that. They continue to look good. Um, they're currently six and zero. Oh. Um, just reminding people of my early pick. It was an early one, though. Um, so that's that's the main one that stands out as well. 
course, keeping an eye on what Golden State is doing out there this evening mm-hmm. uh, with Miami. Um, but yeah, that that main one is Milwaukee continuing their undefeated ways. Yeah. Now you mentioned um, one thing that we didn't talk a whole bunch about the Chicago Bulls. I'm a fan of the Bulls, and I, and I think I mentioned it um, that they were my pick to come out of the East. Now they they start off the season three and four. They they uh, there's nights that they play amazing and tremendous defense, and then other nights where Alex Caruso gets out there and scores one point, lets people dunk all over him, like tonight, um, <laughs> where they are currently losing to the Brooklyn Nets, seventy three to eighty. The Nets themselves are two and five, so they got one game up on us. Um, but there's some changes out there in Brooklyn, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've just gotten news, uh, as early as today that, uh, that Brooklyn is the top contender. Brooklyn Nets are the top choice right now for a place for Ime Udoka to land as the coach. And it appears that Steve Nash, um, although under contract, so he'll still be getting paid, will be um taking a step back or a step down step (laughs) away (laughs) uh, yeah exactly as brooklyn's um head coach or whatnot um so i I think you know again a younger player coach like udoka some would argue that steve nash is a player coach but you know still a little bit removed is black right right, yeah (laughs) he just may be able to relate a little bit more i know he's um you know Nigerian or whatever like that. He just may be able to relate a little bit more is all I'm saying, but shout out to him. Um, I could see that fit going down in Brooklyn. <laughs> what, bro? I ain't, say, no, I ain't saying nothing, bro. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. okay. <laughs> By me saying what, bro, y'all can tell what face uh, Big Cliff has. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? First off, move first off, it was a shocker yeah. that they, they let Nash go. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it, although... Honestly, I think it's probably the only thing that's going to keep Katie happy because that was one of the reasons. Especially after the summer dinner that exactly. they had this year in France. No, we're not doing anything with Steve Nash. Trust me. He's our guy, and you just got to deal with it. Hey, look. They were looking at Katie like, <laughs> we got you. He's our coach. Wink, wink. If y'all average 30 points the first six games, seven games, I'll see what I can do. Right. Just come on, man. Pull up and just be here. Exactly. No, but so. I see why, how, uh, now, and even when in the the remnants and the shocker of all of that with Ime coming available, and for those of you who may not know, Ime Odoku is the Celtics head coach right now who is serving a season-long suspension after accusations and or allegations of some sexual misconduct and or harassment. They were doing everything that they could to get smoking, rolling, flying away from him and that situation. And I honestly believe that as such to continue to separate themselves, be like, huh, he y'all problem now. Get, get, get We got it. We good. I really believe that he w- they will let him out of that contract because although he is suspended, he is still in the contract. And so uh, it just depends on how petty Boston wants to be and or how much they want to connect themselves and can remain attached to Ime um, as a coach. Now, I have seen some um, – reports of oh this is the worst thing that the brooklyn nets could do and oh they wouldn't want to do that and if they do it's just another example of how terrible they are meanwhile when they do and when they win it's gonna be a whole different narrative because at the end of the day he like you mentioned 
and not because he's black, but because of who he is and the style of player that he was and, and, and how he coaches, I think he would be an amazing fit for the culture and for what level of players that they have there. For what he was able to do with Jalen and with uh, Light Bright last year, um, it's highly impressive. And so I can see him doing that. I said Light Bright. I said what I said. I mean, but he's got another Light Bright to work with in Brooklyn that I think he could pull the most potential out of. Mm hmm. No. I think he could at least get him on track. I, okay, well, then I'll give you that. <laughs> so far, how, how? He was confidence. And that is the key to instill that confidence in him to build culture, kind of what the Carolina Panthers are lacking, to establish <laughs> that <laughs> and, and to put that in him to say, hey, you are what you believe you are. And, and I believe you are this. Da, da, da. I really feel like it could be something that could be really good for life. Right. Number two. And even Seth Curry, I, I feel like we could, wow. could see an increased role. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's light skin appreciation day. What you want me to do? Uh, Seth, I, Curry, Seth Curry. So light skin number three, uh, light skin from, uh, from golden state, little brother. Uh, I think he could see an increased role under Ime as well. And I, I really just see a lot of great pieces, even Patty Mills or David Duke. Like he, he could have a lot to work with out there in Brooklyn and they could really, really make some noise out there in the East. And so, you know, you, you know, what is ultimately also helping Ben Simmons out what's this that? year, the aforementioned 30 point average averages from Katie and Kyrie. Again, when you got those superstars, to the left and the right of you, and then they're telling you or giving you the green light or encouraging you to get busy early or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. You know that does nothing but help or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, we see what we see what Brooklyn got going on out there. They got a bit a little bit of some other controversy and damage control and PR stuff that they were going through at the beginning of this week. Um, not sure if you had seen or was able to see press conference from the end of this weekend but uh Kyrie essentially was um brought to task by a reporter with regards to a a post that he um pretty much a, a documentary that he retweeted or reposted you know on Instagram on his social media and it was an older documentary I want to say from Hebrews to Negroes is the name of the documentary. However, it's highlighting uh, black people's um, lineage and history as um, lineage and history as Israelites, if you will, mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. it gets into the whole Hebrew Israelites thing and, <clears throat> coming off the heels of everything that's going on with Kanye. I know we don't have right. too many nothing to do with sports segments, but we don't Kanye talk about Kanye. Right. He would have definitely probably been in the mix. Um, had we been highlighting some, nothing, some more nothing to do with sports. Um, however, coming off the heels of that a reporter and the heels of Alex Jones, owing sent being, um, being, uh, what do they call it? The, the sentence or whatever it was being ruled to pay Sandy Hook victims close to a billion dollars, a little bit under a billion dollars. I'm like, where is he getting that money from? Exactly. But, <laughs> um, so also off of the heels of that, the reporter asked Kyrie, why does he choose to promote um, pretty much like the hate speech and the anti-Semitic anti 
um, literature and, you know, documentary that he is promoting, quote unquote. And um, Kyrie let, let the reporter have a piece of his mind eloquently, as he so often does. And then there was just a little bit of spillo spillover and like a little bit of overflow from that with, of course, your mainstream media, your big four letters, FS1s of the world and stuff like that. And it became, you know, anything Kyrie is going to be um, a lightning rod like yeah. for, for people to talk about. So you had a lot of reporters, some that kind of disappointed me. Um, we don't have no sponsors, right? Yeah. Right, but some that, some that <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Go in. Go for exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, shout out to Mr. Weisenberg, the owner of Crux Media. Y'all didn't know it's really... <laughs> It's really this guy, Mr. Weisenberg, that owns everything behind the scenes. But nevertheless, um, they were going as far as saying, you know, he should be suspended indefinitely. This is a black eye on the team, different things like that. Now, I will say at the Brooklyn game last night, you did have some demonstrators mm -hmm. that on the had front on row. these shirts. I'm sorry? That were on the front row, front, uh, sitting right. courtside. And what did it say on their shirts? Was it like, um, I'm against or I'm anti uh, Some anti-Semitic, anti yeah, I'm yeah. against anti-Semitism or whatever it said. Yeah. My question is though, like that quickly, like how to me? Just this is this is conspiracy theorist Rome <laughs> pulling him, pulling him out of 2017, 2016. I haven't seen him in a while, but how is it that the quick? Shirts already prepared one. Was this a group of people that were of like minds and before they left for the game was like, all right, we all going to wear this shirt too. And ironically, how they all just get these front row uh, seats, courtside, yeah, courtside seats, feet touching the, the hardwood and, and all of that. With stuff. the primetime camera views. Triple referee. <laughs> yeah. So is this. Was this motivated by individuals that was like, okay, we're going to come together as a small lobbying group and do this? Or did somebody around, the organ around that organization like, yo, throw these on. I see that y'all got those seats. Throw these shirts on for me. We'll give y'all about five grand each. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I, if, if I'm going to keep it, keep it a buck. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle between what you're saying and the more likely they just decided to do it on their own. I think yeah. that some of them had the ideas or one of them may have reached out and said, hey, what happens if we do this? We think y'all should do it. What do y'all need to do it? And then they help them get, get the T-shirts and then they pulled up on it. Like there's no doubt that there was an extra force behind that because had the league not wanted them to have it, they wouldn't have had it. Had the league not approved of them having it, they wouldn't have been seen with them on there. Even if they had, because again, we just went to the, the, the Hornets game last night. We know what the policies are, like even trying to get in the building. You feel what I'm saying? And so they're going through your stuff. You, you know, bags and like that. So it's not like they just snuck them in and then sat courtside and put on some t-shirts. That that was something that was permitted by the either the league and or the organization. So, I agree. I agree. Where there's uh, smoke, so, there's fire. But like you said, yeah. Kyrie is a lightning rod. Anything that he says, good, bad, and different, is going to generate movement. I think that there's a lot of good that Kyrie says, does, and the way that he looks at things. 
It's one of the less documented things, but the schools that he started in Africa, the clean water that he has given to so many communities, the the, the giving back that he does consistently. They never talk about those things. To the WNBA. To the, to the WNBA, to their culture, to the financially trying to help them out. Like, those things will never make it. But when he says the Kanye-esque things, oh, he's crazy, oh, he's anti-Semitic, oh, he's this, he's that. He, he's an eccentric individual who has very rooted beliefs, and he's going to be him, point blank, period, no matter what nobody else says. And I don't have a problem listen, with, with Kyrie. Listen, the thing is, time, time is, time is what normally absolves or, like, justifies Kyrie's mm-hmm. takes, right? <laughs> so if he was going by the letter of the law and how, because New York City, has agreed to pay any workers mm. that were that were forcibly removed or had you know let go based on the vaccine mandate. So it's like if we were going by that, how many M's should Joe side? You know, had to mean? break loose off of them because at the end of the day, checks, he listen because they were trying to get that money back and trying to get signing bonus money. He he was doing what all the rest of them do. So why if the city got to pay? xyz uh postal worker seventy five thousand. why he can't get his m's right uh, let's get it now let's be real right. now right and I'll, I'll just leave that at that of course y'all know any of the followers of this show knows you know my reverence for Kyrie, and, and again and him as a free thinker as you were alluding to i i just respect the guy and at the end of the day all the way back to the vaccine situation he never does anything in my eyes that is visibly uh, disruptive as far as like being harmful or malicious or that could potentially be harmful or malicious, whether it's to his teammates or just to society in general. His takes, um, his takes, are they uh, controversial? Yes, uh, some of them are. But again, I think when we're, when we, it's, it's, it's kind of like with, with Farrakhan. Farrakhan has this connotation that he's a violent extremist kind of guy and that's because his love for black people is so great but if you listen to a lot of his lectures or speeches and stuff like that people try to weaponize it and say that he is being aggressively you know what i mean mm-hmm. um aggressively racist or aggressively ex- exactly anti anti-white if you will and that's why people farrakhan rubs certain people the wrong way but a lot of his talk just like Kyrie is rooted in love and rooted in love for his people. And that a lot of times, again, the love for one does not equate to the hate for another. But but see, when you, what, what happens too often though, is when there are those, and, and I know this is Carolina sports talk, not Carolina political talk, but there are those that when you see, when they see others strengthening, it automatically feels like an attack. It makes them feel like somehow it weakens them. Um, Absolutely. And, and that that's just that's a poor mindset. That's like saying, oh, your light's shining. So it's going to dim mine. Nah, mine going to shine regardless. And, and and so that that's that's unfortunately, because like you mentioned, he is so heavily leaned into that. It does come all, come across to a lot as oh, bump this when I'm no, I'm saying rock with this. That's all. Um, but nonetheless, he he has a voice. He's using it. I, I don't I don't have any issue with him doing that. He does have the responsibility to continue to back up what he's saying, 
But other than that, we 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 rocking with my guy Kyrie, man. Now, there was somebody else in the league though who was using their voice to kind of try to sway some other things in their favor, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So your boy Miles Turner, which I'm a I'm a fan of Miles Turner. Uh, one of those like scrappy, um, kind of I I, I give him the old school. Uh, he's kind of like oldish school. Got, he got the old school flavor a little bit, but more like he's got kind of that early two thousands flavor as a big man to impose. Um, but um, yeah. So Miles Turner, he was in a interview or on a podcast rather with Woj, um, and he had this to say on Woj's podcast um, with the when asked about the trade talks with that involved Russell Westbrook and draft capital going to Indiana for miles Turner and buddy healed the Pacers center says that it's a deal that still could be worth revisiting. He says, and I quote, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in Turner said, responding to a question about the potential swap. Uh, in other words, again, as a guest on the Woj pod, said, I know what I can provide for a team, my leadership, my shot blocking, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it, but as far as pulling the trigger, I get paid to shoot. I'm not paid to make these calls, so I couldn't answer that. It's kind of like trying to bait and reverse psychology. Right. The Lakers into kind of grabbing. No, I don't want to play with y'all if y'all don't want me, but I mean, I'm here. If y'all want me, I mean, I'm going to listen, though. All, all I do is shoot. <laughs> y'all could ask around. All, all I do is shoot. So, right. so what do you think about that? Um, potentially, how would that look? Uh, do you want to mess up you guys' chemistry that you got? <laughs> <laughs> don't know much about chemistry. No, listen. Dun, 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 dun. This just in. Big Cliff from Carolina Sports Talk doesn't like any of the players on the Lakers squad. More at 11. Dog, he's a quality big man. I like the buddy healed. We need shooters. Matter of fact, we can give them LeBron and we'll take him and Buddy and they first round for the next two years and call it a day. What's up? I'm with it. I like that the young man is taking the opportunity to uh, to politic for himself unofficially because you know if if it was because he said the hypothetical that it escaped him gave him the opportunity to kind of get away with it because the league would really really kind of push him for tampering but nonetheless um i, I think he would be a good fit I, I think it would allow ad the opportunity to slide back to the four where he is very much com more comfortable although he is dominant at the five but nonetheless i think it'll give him the chance to do that as well as having the two of them who could swing threes um AD a little bit more ball handling. Hopefully it would allow him to stay healthier. But a heel shooting would be whew, timely. And it would get rid of that anchor that we have in, in Westbrook financially and like ball movement wise, Mr. Step Out of Bounds. But nonetheless, I'm all in favor of it. What are your thoughts on the trade or the potential trade or even the fact that him reaching out and trying to say anything about it in the first place? Well, I will say this. We did spot a couple of Russell Westbrook um violations yesterday at the game so i don't know if it, is that corner like the space between that corner that small like the, honestly and this is this is showing my age but those guys need to uh go ahead and they need to consult with sean elliott all right mm, oh wow God. <laughs> but sean elliott had that one shot do you, you know what i'm talking about 
he was just on his tippy toes right there on that sideline. Where he bounced feet. almost down and it was like, nope, I'm still on my toes. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, any change is good change right now. They, they and I, what, <laughs> you can't do much more to mess up one in five. <laughs> you can only, as the, as the saying goes at Europe, Charlotte, we only go up. <laughs> you know, so it, and again, so it, it, listen, throw at this point, throw cooked noodles at the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> the cooked noodles. I'm done. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with it. I, I know that the roster that we have now better not be the roster that we have at the end of the year. So we will keep an eye on that and kind of check and see what that goes from here. So next up, it is time for Big Deal No Thing. That's a big nah, deal. that ain't no thing. You know the segment. We talk about sports headlines, give you whether or not it's a big deal or no thing. Today's edition is an HBCU football only edition. So first up, the Benedict College Tigers are 9-0 after beating Clark Atlanta 49-20 for homecoming. Big deal or no thing? Big deal, definitely. That's a big deal. Ain't even a question. That's a big deal. Why you say? Uh, I was there, um, but shout out to Benedict. They, first of all, lived up to the expectation, executed like they needed to, um, the same way that coach had put it last week. They went into the weekend looking to go 1-0, and um, and they, they, you know, they succeeded at that. Um, shout out to their to the halftime, um, you did big up the band in the past, and you know I just wanted to go ahead and give them their flowers as well. So shout out to them. But yeah, no, nah, big deal. Um, this is this is huge. Again, not only are their uh, rankings what they are with HBCU football around the nation, but they're they're they have a stronghold right now in their Division Two standings as well, and um, in the record and the resume to back it up. I think that they're like number nine nationally right now so um super huge big deal yeah everything that you just said was very well said um and so i'm gonna agree with you and say not only for those reasons but for the fact that benedict uh on saturday with the win against clark atlanta won their fifth homecoming game of the year it just so happened that this one was the only one that they hosted four other schools scheduled benedict college for homecoming and four other schools got losses so shout out to Benedict, man, doing big things, as you mentioned, number nine in the coaches poll recently with the Division Two regional rankings ranked number two in the Region Two, which the top school automatically gets a first round bye for the playoffs. And then the top three have the preferential placement for hosting playoff games. And so either way, they are doing big thing. They're number two in the region behind Delta State who is actually the number four team in the country. And so they are playing some amazing disciplined football. Even when they make mistakes, they don't make the same mistakes over and over. And it's it's a privilege to be able to be a part of what they've got going on, as well as to witness this this magical season for the first time in the school history is going 9-0 and and being nationally ranked. So shout out to them. From one nationally ranked team to another, Jackson State University beats Southern in the classic game 35 to nothing. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. I actually agree. Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say? All right. Well, performance aside, because, again, shutting out any team, that's a great accomplishment. Um, And then, of course, to do it on a big stage, uh, such as the Classic and stuff like that. 
huge, huge accomplishment. Um, but again, when they set goals at the beginning of the season, you know, one of their top goals isn't, oh, we're going to beat Southern. It, it may be like we're going to take it a week at a time and and play the opponents in front of us and beat them or whatever like that. So they definitely wasn't. I know the way that that team is constructed, they're not expecting to lose those type of games. They know that those are the type of games that they need to win if they want to be in a position that they expect to be in by the end of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's no deal, no thing. I believe that, um, yeah, it was just par for the course of uh, their season. Similar to how the Gamecock women, which we'll have to talk about next week in the thrashing that they did to Benedict College women, um, similar to that game, it's not a big deal when Jackson State wins. It's a big deal if they'll ever lose. Um, I fully anticipate that they will go undefeated um, and win the HBCU National Championship, as they probably should have last year, but kind of slept on South Carolina State. Whomever their opponent is this year, likely not the Bulldogs, which we'll get to in just a moment. Whoever their opponent is this year in the National Championship, I feel terrible for them. One thing to keep an eye on, um, all you Prime fans out there, Auburn just fired their coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a candidate. But moving forward, sticking with Jackson State, Jackson State hosts college game day with ESPN in true HBCU style. Big deal or no thing? Well, first, what do you what did you mean by in true HBCU style? With the bands, with the frats, with the energy, with the excitement, um, doing it like only an HBCU could really do it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to say big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. Why you say it? Um, it's just another sign of the cachet and the the um, equity that um, that Coach Prime brings to the to the university mm -hmm. and to the organization. So it's like certain things that aren't monetary that he can bring um, as far as the exposure goes, and that's one of them. So uh, it's probably huge for the campus, huge for that town, and everything like that. And um, yeah, shout out to College Game Day. I remember, did they do, they were in Orangeburg? At South they, Carolina State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I Not I for the recall. show, but that was the, uh, the that was their little road show, kind of like how wrestling right. does house shows, so it's not like nationally televised, but they brought all the trucks and all the experience and all that stuff out there to South Carolina State University, yeah. Right. So, and then also, whenever they're in, um, in Columbia or up there in Clemson, um, it's always a big deal. So, so shout out to Jackson State. And, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. I say it's a big deal. I, I agree with what you said. They absolutely went there because it was prime and because it was uh, what he, the cachet that he presented. And, oh, we're look, look at us. We're acknowledging HBCUs. But at the end of the day, I think that them acknowledging them puts us on a spotlight for folks to say, oh, wait, this is what it's supposed to feel like. College football in a lot of – the more traditional areas, if you look at your Tennessees, if you look at your Alabamas, if you look at your Auburns, if you look at some of the bigger schools, the, the pomp and circumstance and the tradition that surrounds a lot of those programs and football there is something that is hard to capture. It's hard to capture on camera and on TV the essence of what the generations and hundreds of years of those things have meant for families and for fans. With HBCU football, it's a lot of the same thing, but it's going back to 1906 with the first fraternity and or with some of the oldest 
HBCUs in the country being, I guess, what, 200 years old, it's not as long, but it's still very much as rich. And so for college game day to come and to be able to revert a little bit from the big, broad, look at these schools in their largeness and wonderfulness and just look at the heritage and the tradition and put an exposure to a different aspect of college football. I think they absolutely got it right. In fact, Jackson State uh, boasts, and and I want to give a shout out to them, this was one of the highest ranked HBCU college game days, excuse me, one of the highest ranked game days that they've had all season as a result, with everybody else saying pretty much, yo, y'all need to go back to more HBCUs. This is live. This is lit. This is what we want. And it wasn't just a black folk thing, a white folk thing. People loved it. And as a result, it put HBCUs in a different perspective, as I think was the ultimate mission with H- with uh, what ESPN has been trying to do. But I definitely got to give them a shout out because it, it, it got off. They they accomplished it in, a, in large part because of who Jackson State was and them just allowing themselves to to be them be the reality of HBCUs on a national scene. So shout out to them. And it is definitely a big thing. Now, as previously mentioned, South Carolina State, South Carolina State falls to Morgan State in an upset fashion, 41 to 14, losing control of their own destiny in the MEAC. Is this a big deal or no thing? I'm struggling with uh, with with saying no thing, but it's a big deal. That's a big deal. You didn't. I'm going to have the courage to do so. Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say? Um, again, returning uh, or defending uh, HBCU football champs. And um, every game this year that they were supposed to win, they haven't for real, for real like that. And every game that they were <laughs> supposed to lose, they definitely have. So, you know, it's, again, just the fact that they're defending champs and a lot of the expectations for them this season as far as either going back to the playoffs or perhaps or possibly uh, contending against Jackson State one once more. Those are pretty much out the window, those possibilities. But, um, yeah, that's why I say it's a big deal. I said it's no deal simply because of what you said, actually. Your argument was sufficient for mine. They were supposed to be something that they weren't this year, and although they started their season off with a lot of money to games, that put them in a hole. And I guess to your point of losing, they had an expectation of winning this year. It wasn't a long-term thing, so – they should have come out the gate a lot stronger. They've been up and down all season, and unfortunately, they were down 41-14 to 14 against a team that you really were picked and in favor to win against, and their record wasn't was, – although neither team is just world beaters at this point, the 2-4 and four going into the game for Morgan State just really, really shouldn't have been as, as difficult of as, as it was but they just could not stop the run offensively. They couldn't hold the ball with six turnovers throughout the game. And so, um, yeah, no, it's no thing because nobody can expect to win a game when you're turning over six times in the red zone, giving the ball up to the other team. It's like, yeah, you don't want this in real life. So definitely not a thing. Almost like, it's almost like if, (laughs) (laughs) what, bro? It's almost like if the Central Florida game, and the South Carolina game might have contributed to a losing culture. But now, you ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Is that an Ed Sheeran song or something? I'm just thinking out loud. I'm thinking now. Uh, high key, I really, really like Ed Sheeran. But that's neither here nor there. 
as we move forward, bro, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us finally in the show that just, this was the show that never ends. And uh, anything you want to highlight to people before we go, bro? I do. So, all right. This is, you know, a lot of stuff's been going on and stuff like that. It was serious real quick, though. Um, the 79-year-old uh, pirate or whatnot, right? Guy's birthday comes up. It's 11.59. Turns 12 o'clock midnight. What does he say? Are you asking me? Because I think I know. Mm -hmm. I'm 80. I'm 80. You got to. It's not <laughs> I'm 80. I'm 80. 80. Yeah, I'm 80. <sighs> but on a serious note, recipe takeoff as well. Recipe. You heard about the Migo? Yeah, that's, that's, that's too bad, man. Listen. Crazy, crazy, crazy world we live in. Life is short, family. Um, and, I, and I know this is like in real life heavy to, to leave us, but. Love on the people that you do and, and those that love you. Um, you never know when life is going to come come at you quick and when it can be taken from you in an instant. So appreciate it. And in that, I was going to say, on that same note, I'm sorry to cut you off, but fix your grudges out there. If you got any grudges out there? Get them out. Try to, yeah, try to right, right wrongs and, and uh, you know, and fix some grudges and stuff like that. Nothing's... Nothing's ever that serious, honestly. You'll get the two hundred dollars back. Don't worry about it. That that they won't pay. You'll get that money back. Or that girl that broke your heart. And over time, you'll be able to mend and stuff like that. Just right your wrongs and fix your grudges out there. Big facts, my dog. I appreciate you as always, man. This has been Carolina Sports Talk. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk or to be a part of the show, hit us up on Carolina Sports Talk. No, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. You can also be a part of the, all the fun activities, conversation, everything going on on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Until next week, love you people because we love you. Peace. <laughs>